0: item from Sunnydale, California. Apparently the entire town has been quarantined due to an epidemic of, as strange as this may sound, laryngitis. It seems the town has been rendered unable to speak. There's no word yet what might have caused this or what other effects might be seen from this epidemic. Local authorities have issued a statement, a written statement, I should say, blaming recent flu vaccinations. A few skeptics call it a citywide hoax. In the meanwhile, Sunnydale has effectively shut down. All schools and businesses will be closed for the time being and residents are advised to stay home and rest up. The Centers for Disease Control have ordered the entire town quarantine. No one can go in or out until the syndrome is identified or the symptoms disappear. We'll bring you more on that as it develops.
1: Hey, welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Katie, and we don't have Drew today. Drew is on a summer vacation, and instead I am joined by a guest, Ashley, from the Washed Away podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, and today we are going to talk about a show where the main character was turned into a rat for season two, partially so she could appear on Saturday Night Live.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs)
1: Oh, you did know it, huh? (laughs) I did. But you know what? I actually learned that recently. It's not something I always knew. Oh, okay. That makes me feel (laughs) a little bit better. We are talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. So excited. But before we do, Ashley, do you want to talk a little bit about your podcast?
0: Sure. Uh, Washed Away is a podcast about cold cases and unsolved crimes and mysteries, specifically in Washington state, which is where we both live. And uh, I try to interview experts. Like I talked to a forensic anthropologist. I talked to a retired detective, um, a forensic artist, and sometimes even family members to kind of really get to the truth about the case, because usually people just kind of read news reports and that's all you get. And so um, I'm trying to breathe new life into cold cases, essentially.
1: Yeah, kind of get away from the conspiracy theories and more towards what might have actually happened.
0: Yes, I do love a good conspiracy theory, but trying to be uh, (laughs) more serious with this one.
1: Yeah, no, I've listened to, I think, every episode and it's really good. I really... Like the cases that you've put forth so far, I think that they're all ones I had never heard about, even though I, like you said, also live in Washington. So it's really interesting to listen to something that's not about, you know, those popular crimes that, you know, my favorite murder or whatever might be talking about. Yeah,
0: totally. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I was a big fan of your former podcast, so I had to, you know, continue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. Plus yeah. we're friends,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. I'm. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited that we get to be on a podcast episode together. Like, I this know, is this cool. I know, this is
1: the first time. <laughs> yeah, and we've known each other for years now, which is wild. I know. We haven't seen each other in, I think, when was that last meetup? Maybe, like, last fall? I think so. I mean might have even been longer.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, been a maybe. While.
1: I remember we got ice cream and it was kind of cold out, so that's why I was thinking fall. That makes sense. Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I just know that it was not since all this covid stuff started, so. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Doing a good job of quarantining, so.
0: Good. <laughs> I'm uh I'm trying to, but it's crazy. <sighs> I mean, it's crazy, (laughs) just period. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, But I'm just now kind of accepting the fact that this is the new normal and actually setting up like a work from home space that's comfortable. Yeah. Uh, But it took like five or six months to do that.
1: It took me four months. Um, I am now down here in my office, which is where I have been recording podcasts for about a year. But when I was first working from home, I was upstairs at my kitchen table (laughs) And that just wasn't very comfortable, so. No. And now I have a second monitor, which is the best, so. Oh, that's crucial. Yeah, you've got a
0: nice setup going on over there.
1: Yes. All right, well, should we get into the show? Yes. All right, well, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a fantasy teen drama that ran for seven seasons beginning in March 1997, first on the WB and then on UPN, and it was based on a 1992 movie with the same name and was the first TV series created by Joss Whedon, and he also wrote the movie, I believe, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Did you see the movie? Not until later in life. I definitely saw the
0: show before the movie.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that I've seen the movie. If I have, it's probably just been clips. I kind of get it a little bit mixed up with the Sabrina the Teenage Witch movie that came out before that show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoa. I didn't even know about that.
1: Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds plays like the main love interest Harvey. Oh, nice. (laughs) I could see that. Yeah. I think I read that he was actually considered to play Xander on Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Oh, that! (laughs) I feel like that would not have worked. He's too hot to be Xander.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what did you love about this show originally?
0: Well, I do tend to love anything kind of paranormal or supernatural. And then you mix that with comedy and feminism. And that's just I mean, that's a perfect combo for me.
1: Yeah. Did you watch it from the beginning? No,
0: no. I, I wish that I was cool enough uh, <laughs> to be interested in the show, what it was like originally on. I don't think I watched Buffy until, uh, you know, it was on Netflix, like, I oh. don't know, maybe like seven to eight years ago, something like that.
1: Oh, wow. OK. So definitely not during its 90s heyday. No. Yeah. I, I came in total like nostalgia only. Got it. So you have maybe a different perspective than somebody who grew up with the show. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Which I didn't watch it back then either. I am sure I saw like bits and pieces of it. I watched Charmed back in the day. That was my WB show. So they were kind of I don't know if they were on the same night, but they were kind of in the same genre. So, yeah, I could see that. I did buy season one a while ago and I tried to watch it and I didn't like it. And then somebody told me just skip season one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, season one gets a lot of
0: crap. Uh, It's I think that one of the episodes we're going to talk about today is like when Buffy hits its stride and that is like middle of season two. So um, you kind of have to stick with it or you just kind of have to love the campiness of the first season, I think, and just kind of how silly it is.
1: Yeah, I think camp is a very good descriptor for it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything about the show, like, I guess, especially if you were watching it later, that you really didn't think held up that might have back in the day? Well, there's a lot
0: of, I mean, it's not a very diverse cast. And Xander's character, ooh, that's hard to watch these days. (laughs) Uh, He just kind of, gaslights and manipulates his lady friends over and over and over again and he thinks that you know he's earned like their attention and their affection and it's kind of gross but um even that kind of took me a while I think the first time I watched Buffy I was like oh Xander's is funny and Xander's kind of cute and then now on my 10th rewatch or whatever I'm like oh <laughs> Xander no more Xander
1: <laughs> he was gaslighting you too
0: absolutely yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I definitely noticed a little bit of that while watching these two episodes there were just a couple things that he did where I was like oh that's not
0: cool (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah he um, at first especially in the first season he's super into Buffy and she Mm. is not interested in him at all and the way he deals with that is super gross
1: uh dang yeah you hate to see it (laughs) (laughs) you really do (laughs) (laughs) Who were your favorite and least favorite characters? Ooh. Um, I mean, I just genuinely love
0: Buffy as a character, and I think she grows so much and goes through um, so many different arcs throughout the show. So Buffy's... Know fave, but I feel like that is so cliche because she's the star (laughs) of the show. Um, I really hated Spike the first time I watched it. And now he's grown on me. So him and Xander kind of switched in my mind. Mm. Um, But he has a lot of problematic moments as well. Um, The one person I loved all the time, no matter what, is Giles. Just Giles
1: can do no wrong for me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What are your thoughts on Giles? Uh, I don't know. I mean, With these two episodes and also with kind of what I remembered of seeing him from before, I find him kind of boring. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) he is a boring character because, you know, he's like, he's not a professor. What is he supposed to be? He's a librarian. Librarian. Okay. so I mean, all that he's doing is like researching and then like telling them what to do and stuff. So it makes sense that I, I would think he's boring. So I don't know. (laughs) I did find it interesting in the second episode that we watched that he had a love interest that was basically, she wasn't there for like a booty call, but she was there for like a short period of time. Yeah. we I don't think we ever see that woman again in the show. (laughs) Um, And in
0: the other episode we watched, he's dating Jenny or uh, Miss Calendar, but they're like just starting to date. um, And then something unfortunate happens and... You know, Giles is boring. I mean, he's the the father figure, he's her watcher, but he's he's got some good one-liners and like he's always there for her and I don't know if it's like I've daddy issues or something, but I love Giles. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Well, and it could also be because you did watch it as an adult. And so, you know, sometimes when you watch shows later in life, you relate more to like the parents on a show than the kids. <laughs>
0: Yeah, totally. It's like getting to that age now where I'm like, I, I I agree. Giles, I agree with Giles. Like you guys are being irresponsible.
1: Yeah. Well, I just watched the Babysitter's Club reboot on Netflix and I loved every scene that Alicia Silverstone was in. I was like, give me more Elizabeth. (laughs) Yeah, she's the best. Is that really good? I've been meaning to watch it. so good. So good. Nice. I'm excited. I'll have to add that. I've watched it twice (laughs) and I thought that it was going to be very like childish because all of the kids are like literally 12, 13 years old, but it's so sweet and they do a lot of progressive stuff as well. Like there are gay characters, there's a trans character, like they definitely took it to a very modern and relevant level while also very much maintaining what made the Babysitter's Club awesome. Nice. That sounds perfect. Yeah, you should give it a try. I think as long as you at least have familiarity with the series, like the books or the TV show, whatever it was, then you'll like it. I think I read a (laughs) book or two back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) So uh, I know you just said that you didn't like Spike when you first watched it. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that you're Team Angel? (laughs) You know,
0: I was originally Team Angel. Uh, now I just like, I'm just team Buffy. Like, I don't care about those boys. Uh, (laughs) but yeah, first watch I was like, oh, Angel for sure. I've never really been team Spike, but I get the appeal now. And he does make me laugh and whatever, but he, oh my God. Uh, there are some very problematic episodes with Spike, uh, in the later seasons.
1: Oh, okay. Anything that you should say. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know like how
0: spoilery I should oh. be.
1: Spoil away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at some point, like in the first episode that we watched for, for this, uh, you know, that like a spike is like part of the bad guy crew. And then in the next episode we watch, he's like locked up in Giles's house and he has <laughs> this chip in his head that he, he can't hurt people. It's oh. a whole thing. Um, but then he falls in love with Buffy and she dies for the second time. And when she comes back, she's pretty not, she's she's not who she used to be. And like, she, as Spike will say, she came back wrong, I guess. And her and Spike start hooking up. And she keeps it a secret from everyone. And it's this huge deal. And she like hates herself for sleeping with him because she kind of hates him and it's gross and the way he treats her is disgusting like he he acts like he owns her and he even almost rapes her in an episode and she's like screaming you we wonder why I can never love you like look at wow. this it gets intense it's terrible and then he leaves to get a soul so he can come back it's
1: yeah <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot to explain <laughs> yeah well I mean, that sounds definitely like problematic behavior. Yeah. It sort of sounds like maybe he was taking advantage of her because of how she came back.
0: Yeah. He definitely loved that um, she suddenly like wanted to be alone and she was like a darker version of Buffy and Mm. that kind of opened up um, a window for him, I think, to, to get with her. And yeah it's oh also he like has a robot made of her at some point <laughs> oh, geez <laughs> uh spike has redeeming qualities too of course because he's a character it's not real life but um he yeah he can be very problematic
1: okay well that is all very good information to have like <laughs> i said i hadn't really watched the show that much going into this and so some of my notes are just, like, questions, and I'm like, wait, who is this? <laughs> but uh, I, c- I could have done a little bit more pre-research. <laughs> but it was also kind of fun to go into it not knowing everything, so.
0: Yeah, I, I, can, I can only imagine going in, because you didn't watch much of Buffy before this, right? No. So watching, like, a random episode in season two and a random episode in season four, <laughs> you must be like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Definitely <laughs> like some stand alone. They're kind of like monster of the week style, uh, but there is kind of an arc and like the, the dynamic of the group changes so much. And so I can understand why that would be confusing.
1: Yeah. I at least knew who most of the characters were. There were a couple that I didn't know. Like you mentioned Jenny in my notes. I just refer to her as creepy lady. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's rough. Yep. She's uh
0: she's one of their teachers. Okay. Who starts kind of dating Giles. But then it turns out she's also from this like long line of Romani people who Angel killed and tortured and they cursed him. And that's the whole reason why Angel has a soul is because of like Jenny's family. And she was sent there to watch over Angel and make sure he didn't get too close to Buffy. And obviously that didn't work out. So (laughs) no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about the show so far, but I'm going to kind of go into some more details. Okay. So I think we've talked a lot about how the show centers around Buffy Summers, who is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, quintessential late 90s actress, and she is the latest in a line of slayers or chosen ones. And they're called upon to fight vampires and other demons who come through the doorway to hell called the quote unquote hell mouth. <laughs> upon which her school was built. Yep. So so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: it. Yeah, the first like three seasons they're in high school and right on top of the Hellmouth and um <laughs> wackiness ensues.
1: Yep. <laughs> so I didn't really know this part, but it makes sense. As a slayer, she has powers that give her increased physical strength, endurance, agility, accelerated healing, intuition, and a limited degree of precognition.
0: Yes, I was going to mention that because both of the episodes we watched, she has dreams mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, sometimes she, like, predicts the future or she dreams the future, essentially. That's just something she does sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's helpful. It is. Yeah, Without She's like... that, they wouldn't have had, <laughs> you know, anything to go off of. It's true. Yeah, that's... <laughs>
0: I think that's like a lot of their problems. They never really know what to do and they have to just rely on Giles's books. And yeah, it's uh, I can only imagine trying to figure things out.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Giles, you mentioned before that he is a watcher and Giles is played by Anthony Stewart Head who trains her and researches all the various forces of evil that she has to fight against and At least one of the episodes we watched, like everybody was basically researching through these dusty old books and it looked like nothing I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer to do my research online. I don't want to be like thumbing through pages endlessly. You're such a willow. I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she brings like the internet
1: to them there's there's some
0: cringy episodes where like they call it the net and um (laughs) there's a kid that says he's getting jacked in and that means like logging on
1: (laughs) it's so so cringy like early internet (laughs) i did see that willow was the first person on tv to use google as a verb oh nice that's interesting yeah
0: i believe it she's a smart cookie
1: Yeah, I I think it was Willow. It was either Willow or Buffy. One of them says, like, did you Google it or something like that? Oh, nice. Yeah, I
0: I would imagine it would be Willow. That makes sense.
1: And speaking of Willow, she is part of a wider crew of friends of Buffy's. And I guess they're sometimes called the Scooby gang. Yep, the Scoobies. (laughs) (laughs) So Willow is played by Allison Hannigan, who is much more introverted and studious than Buffy. And she has powers of her own that develop over the course of the series. She studies witchcraft and she also becomes part of one of the first lesbian couples portrayed on network television alongside Amber Benson as Tara. Yeah, I think
0: Hush might be their first episode that we see Tara, if not the second one. So you
1: actually like see the very beginning of Mm
0: -hmm. Willow and Tara, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. I wasn't expecting it. I saw her like in that like Wicca circle and I was like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the the beginning of Tara, who everyone really loves that dynamic. But I have such a soft spot for Oz, who's played by Seth Green, that I really mm-hmm. missed him from like the second half of the series. But Tara's good, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seth Green is very entertaining.
0: He is. And he was
1: in at least one episode that we watched, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then we have Xander, who you talked about a little bit. He's played by Nicholas Brendan. And I think he was meant to be, like, a relatable and capable teen. And I guess Joss Whedon based him on himself. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. (laughs) He said that he was, in high school, also geeky and witty. But when you were talking about like the gaslighting and stuff, I was in the back of my head thinking this thing about Joss Whedon. And I was like, Oh, that's even worse now. <laughs> oh
0: no. <laughs> wow. That I mean, I think that tracks that. I I, I believe that.
1: <laughs> oh, I do too. Isn't there like some somewhat problematic stuff about Joss Whedon coming out right now? Or not right now, but like lately.
0: There definitely has been. I think the internet or at least Twitter goes in waves of whether or not we are supposed to like Joss Whedon (laughs) or support what he's doing. Unfortunately, he, if he is, I honestly don't remember what it was, um, that we were upset with him for probably justly, but, um, he makes such good products. Like he does such good work and that that's frustrating. (laughs)
1: yeah and I think a lot of it generally comes down to the characters that he's writing or the situations that he's writing Mm -hmm. which are why we're not supposed to like him you know kind of like a hindsight thing but I don't really know didn't he do dollhouse
0: I think so that sounds right I honestly get Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams confused in my head a lot yeah
1: <laughs> of like who who made what <laughs> well I know Dollhouse had Eliza Dushku so it would make sense since she yeah. was also on Buffy and Angel
0: I really like her in Buffy by the way she's Faith yeah. which is like another Slayer and um. well I really hate her sometimes but I also really like her like Faith brings a good dynamic to the group she's the wild Slayer
1: yeah well she's in my list of people to talk about so I might as well do that now sweet and she comes up in season three, I think, and is kind of a foil to Buffy because she often like makes the wrong decisions kind of based on her rougher past, something like that.
0: Yeah, she's she's the bad one. And <laughs> for a while she like draws Buffy in um, and they get into some some trouble together uh, and then they accidentally murder a man together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, saw that. It was like a deputy mayor or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, technically it's faith that does it, but she tries to blame it on Buffy and then, so faith and Buffy, you know, don't work together anymore. And, and faith becomes one of the big bads that we have to fight against. Like she almost kills angel and like she teams up with the mayor. Who's a bad guy. It's a whole <laughs> thing, but I think faith, I, it's been a while since I've rewatched the end of the series, but I do believe faith comes back in the end, uh, on the side of the good guys.
1: I mean, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets their redemption arc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Angel, you mentioned he's played by David Boreanaz. Uh, I think she's Buffy's main love interest. I know he leaves partway through, but he's he's still kind of always the main one, right?
0: Yeah, he he shows back up a few times in later seasons, and he gets yeah. his own spinoff, and like Buffy goes on that show, and
1: yeah. So yeah, he's. Her love interest, but he also happens to be a vampire. He, like you said, has been cursed with having a human soul, and that's kind of what motivates him to help Buffy in her fight against evil. And then, you know, there were a handful of other characters out there as well. You mentioned Spike, played by James Marsters. I always liked Cordelia, played by Charisma Carpenter. Cordelia is
0: great. At first, I I love that what they did with that character because you're really kind of like, you don't like her at first, but she really becomes like one of the gang reluctantly. And um, one of the best things about Cordelia is she just says what's on her mind. Like there's a, an episode where Buffy can read minds and she's like, Cordelia is the only one that just says what she's thinking. Everyone else like, (laughs) anyway, um, that's like a a good quality for Cordelia.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. She is funny. I think she plays well off of Xander. They're both a little bit quippy. Mm-hmm. So, she had some pretty good lines in I think it was the first episode that we watched, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, cuz she's not in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, are you ready to talk about Innocence?
0: Yeah. For
1: sure. All right. So, Innocence was episode 14 of season 2 and it aired on January 20th, 1998. All right. So Ashley, you're going to do the first one minute recap.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm nervous.
1: (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) You know what? I suck at it so much. I feel like I only (laughs) ever get like half of the episode and I'm just like rushing through the rest. So (laughs) you can't do worse than I do. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one,
0: So this episode starts with Buffy waking up after a night with Angel, and it's the first time they've ever slept together, and he's not there, and she can't find him, and she doesn't hear from him all day, and she's super worried about him because she's been having these bad dreams about him dying, and they're fighting this big bad called the Judge, and so she's really, really worried about him. She can't find him, and it's also relatable because her and Angel sleep together for the first time in the previous episode, and it's like as a teenager, as a a girl or a woman, like going through something like that, where your first big crush or your boyfriend, uh, you think he likes you and then you hook up with him and then he ghosts you essentially. Like he doesn't call, he doesn't want to see you. He maybe even dumps you afterwards or like completely changes from this nice lovey-dovey person to cold and distant. That happens to Buffy. Like the fact that it could happen to our hero, the Slayer, just makes her seem more human. But because it's Buffy... She that's
1: time. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I got pretty close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You went thematic in there, (laughs) which is fine because that is that is a very big part of what makes up this episode. Absolutely. It's a it's such a huge turning point for Buffy
0: in not only who she is as a slayer, but uh, the show itself and her with her relationship with Angel. So. Yeah, it's an important one.
1: It was interesting to kind of see them talking both about the disappearance of Angel literally and then what that meant for Buffy. Because there was a part where Giles is like, I think I know what she's feeling. And Willow's like, I guarantee you don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the moment Giles realizes, like, why would Buffy know? Oh, oh! oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a classic Giles moment, I think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so like I said, I didn't really know that much about the show, and I didn't realize that I was coming into a two-part episode, the second part of a two-part episode, and so that previously on Buffy was very important. (laughs) Do you you feel that it summed it up enough for you? (laughs) It summed it up. Enough, except that I think when the show first starts, it's with Spike and Drusilla. And I couldn't remember who Drusilla was. Mm-hmm. Like, I figured out pretty quickly that that's who she was. And they were also, like, talking about the judge or there with the judge. And I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, I didn't really think that the judge looked very scary or big.
0: No. And I, I think it's funny because they there's, like, several episodes where they're, like, really worried about this guy. Uh, and then Buffy just shoots him with a, a bazooka or something, and
1: yeah. <laughs> that's it. Not a not a big deal after all. The research says that he can't be killed by any, like, known weapons or something. They're like, well, that was written a long time ago before this rocket launcher was made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I absolutely love that moment. That's like a, a goosebumps moment when she jumps up on the thing with the... She's like standing on a concession stand or something in a mall with the rocket launcher. And, um, that's like badass Buffy. She's mad. (laughs) She's pissed. And it's, it's great.
1: Yeah. So basically in this episode, there's like two things going on. There's Buffy dealing with what she is seeing as rejection after her first time having sex with Angel. And Mm -hmm. then on the other side, there's everybody else trying to figure out what's going on with the judge and how to defeat him and it all comes together at this I guess it was a mall right it sort of seemed like a movie theater because there was like a concession stand but then there were like stairs and people carried shopping bags so I was a little confused about that but and that is a little confusing I
0: I want (laughs) to say it was a mall but I mean it there were movie vibes like her, she fights Angel like in a movie theater. Oh so yeah, maybe it
1: is. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe it's a mall with a movie theater. There you go. We have that at Pacific Place downtown. So that's true. They they exist. So yeah, and Angela was basically the one who brought the judge there. I don't remember how they tracked him.
0: It's literally just oh, so the judge like steals people's energy essence basically he just like absorbs people and their souls. Um, and so they assumed that to get the most damage possible, the bad guys would take the judge to somewhere that a lot of people were hanging out. And then in the nineties, a lot of people hung out at the mall (laughs) and the movies. And so that's like a little thing that Oz says is like, I know where I would go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I wrote something down where, They were talking about lines and they're like, well, if I was going to stand in a line, I know where I would go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sure. (laughs) I do have to call out one of the most 90s things that I saw in this episode was Willow's white patent leather Adidas mini backpack.
0: (laughs) Yes. Love that. The the 90s fashions in Buffy are. There's a, a whole Instagram account dedicated to it. Oh, nice. They are beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Buffy herself was at one point wearing, I think it was after she had sex with Angel. She's wearing these like brown pants with like a pattern on them. They look kind of like polyester type pants. And then a cardigan <laughs> buttoned only at the top. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> also, Angel's wearing
1: leather pants uh, for that whole episode. <laughs> So you were talking about Xander and being problematic. And one of those things that jumped out at me was when he and Cordelia are like talking in the library and she's mad at him for some reason. And I think he says, do you want to kiss and make up? And she's like, I'll do one of those or something (laughs) like that. And then Willow sees and he like runs after her. Were Willow and Xander dating? Like, I don't I don't even know what was going on.
0: <laughs> they were not. Uh, but Willow, kind of like Xander always had a crush on Buffy. Willow always kind of had a crush on Xander. And Willow and Xander actually grew up together. So I think they, like, dated as, like, third graders but have just been friends oh. <laughs> ever okay. since. Um, so it's silly. But, like, what Willow says is, like, you'd rather be with someone you hate than be with me, which is really sad. And all the while, Oz is right there, and he's just the
1: cutest little thing. (laughs) Yeah, because they use his van to break into a military facility. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Willow asks Oz if he'll make out with her, and he basically says that he has daydreamed about kissing her, but he won't because he knows that she would just be doing it to get back at Xander, which was a very... Good thing to say, I thought, and a good perspective to have on it. Yeah. Oz,
0: he speaks very rarely, very few words. <laughs> He's a man of few <laughs> words, but they're always like wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the military thing, there is some background there. I
1: was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: there's a Halloween episode where th- all the characters are turned into what they dressed up for for Halloween. And so Xander was like a army dude. Whatever, and he turned into an actual army dude, and like Buffy was a uh, an old timey like I don't even know what you, what you would call it. I wanted to say princess, but that's not right. It's, <laughs> she's like a lady of the court from oh, okay. um, like the 18th century or something like that. Uh, and Willow turns into a ghost, <laughs> and you know it's a it's a wacky episode. But that's where the military stuff comes from, as Xander remembers. I guess what he learned as a military person one Halloween.
1: Yeah, I remember him saying that he remembered all of the codes and all of the procedures and all of the like lingo. Again, another thing that was very handy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although it didn't seem it didn't seem like he knew what he was doing when he was talking to that guy and trying to get in. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he was I don't know. It didn't seem like he was doing like military stuff. It seemed like he was just doing guy stuff.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that's how he gets in is what is he He even says, like, trying to get some touch or something like that. <laughs> Just classic gross Xander. Yeah.
1: But it's a good thing they do get in because that's how they get that bazooka rocket launcher thing.
0: <laughs> yes, it's crucial.
1: <laughs> Should we talk a little bit about Angel and his soulless self? <laughs> uh, Angelus is the worst. Like, I think that's
0: like the, the name that they his, they call him by his full name so that, you know, he's bad. Uh, (laughs) Angelus. Yeah, he really is the worst. He just comes and messes everything up. And then the whole soul thing is why him and Buffy can never be together, which is I never watched Angel. So like I say I was team Angel for a while, but not enough to (laughs) I didn't care enough to watch a show with just him. Again, always team Buffy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So when Buffy goes to his apartment, which when she first like wakes up the next day, She's in this room, and I thought she was in, like, a crappy motel room or something like that. (laughs) And then she shows back up there, and he was there. And, you know, she's, like, hugging and kissing him, and she's, like, wanting to be reassured about the night before, and he's just acting like a douchey bro. You just disappeared. What? I took off. But you didn't say anything. You just left. I think I really wanted to stick around after that. What? You got a lot to learn about men, kiddo.
0: Although I guess you proved that last night.
1: What are you saying?
0: Let's not make an issue out of it, okay? In fact, let's not talk about it at all. It happened. I I don't understand. Was it me? Was
1: I not good? You were great. Really. I thought you were a pro. How can you say this to me? Lighten up.
0: It was a good time. It doesn't mean like we have to make a big deal.
1: So I didn't get the whole context of the soul thing at that point, I don't think. I couldn't tell, like, what was real. Like, if that was how he really was being. And I think it was after that that I realized that he has changed, actually.
0: He has changed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. He that's definitely like a trope that they use later on because Angel does get his soul back at some point. And then uh, in another season or something when they're they're tricking Faith, he like pretends that he lost it again. And (laughs) so it's it's kind of silly.
1: So he does the douchebag act again. Yeah, yeah. And like
0: <laughs> he pretends to like cheat on Buffy with faith.
1: That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> so the last thing that I have really is when they were doing that whole military thing, and Cordelia asked Sander if looking at guns makes him want to have sex. He says, looking at linoleum makes me want to have sex. I'm 17. And dude is not 17. <laughs> I looked it up and he was 27. Oh, my God. I did not know that.
0: Oh, what is with having these? And I mean, how old is David Boreanas in this? I mean, I know he's a vampire, but um, it is. I think a... he
1: was 29 or 30. That's wild. Sarah Michelle Gellar was 21. Mm. Allison Hannigan was 24. And Charisma Carpenter was 28. Wow. Playing some really
0: (laughs) (laughs) adult-looking teens. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It was not believable at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think, like, the the first season, they look a little young. But even still, I would say college students and not, like... Fresh little high school students.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know this was one of the episodes that you kind of suggested. This is one that you said that you really liked. What about it do you really like? I think I like,
0: again, like the turn that Buffy takes. And I I do think that this is where the show kind of comes into its own. Because before this, it's very campy and, and silly and like monster of the week style. And this is where, like, you see all these little storylines come together and everyone learns something new and, and their character progresses. And then you really see Buffy coming into her own when, you know, Angel does her does her wrong, you know, when she gets her she doesn't get revenge on him. But when she takes down the judge like that scene with Buffy. I don't know. That's just like how I picture her the rest of the show is like her yeah. coming into that character. And so it's a really important episode and I always enjoy watching it.
1: It's I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but she does fight Angel. They like you said are yeah. fighting in that movie theater That's and right. she pulls out a stake but can't kill him and he says that you can't kill me. So she kicks him in the balls and says, <laughs> yes. "Give me time." <laughs> yeah it's like how could you not love that that's such a great way to end the episode
0: she's like just give me time
1: yeah well it wasn't the end of the episode because then she goes home and has cupcakes with her mom and when oh. her mom says to blow out the candle and make a wish she says i'll just let it burn so dramatic <laughs> i wrote wow teen angst <laughs> Yep, yep. that is that is pure teenager right there yeah <laughs> All right, well, should we rate this episode? Sure. All right, I can go first just to kind of show you how we do it. Okay. Like I said, I didn't know anything that was really going on with this episode and especially with the backstory. (laughs) So I think some of what we've talked about was a little bit lost on me at the time, but I did still appreciate a lot of the storyline. And I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar did a pretty good job of portraying Buffy as this like hurt teen, you know, right after she's had sex and, um, she does a very good crying scene. I thought, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, so even though I was a lot confused, (laughs) I still could appreciate it. And I am going to give this episode three and a half rocket launchers out of five. That's pretty good. I would
0: give it four rocket launchers out of five. It's important to the canon of Buffy, but yeah, it isn't one of the like top five best episodes, which I guess would only get all five of those rocket launchers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm surprised that, uh, that you enjoyed it. That's good.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, very confused, but you know, <laughs> we're filling in the gaps here. And so I think that's mm-hmm. helping. And I think if I were to watch this episode with more context, then I would appreciate it more. Absolutely. And I do love really good character development in a series like that's something that I think is critical to me staying with a series for a long time. I can't just do Monster of the Week episode after Monster of the Week episode. That was one of the things that I didn't like about Fringe at the beginning was there were so many of those. And then it took me a while to get into kind of X-Files also. Mm -hmm. So It's nice to know that there is more of a storyline that goes along with the show. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You're a story arc person. That's good to know.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, Drew is not here, but that doesn't mean we don't have a Scrubs connection. (laughs) (laughs) This one's for you, Drew. So in Scrubs, J.D., his dad, is played by John Ritter and i think it was a couple episodes and he was actually due to film another episode right before he passed away and so tom cavanaugh filled in at the last minute but john ritter was also in an episode of buffy
0: he was he was a robot
1: <laughs> he was a robot
0: <laughs> yeah i so wish i would have thought of that episode for you to watch cuz i think that you would love it yeah <laughs> it's a, i mean it is a standalone monster of the week and he is the monster Uh, But it's really good.
1: I had only read the very brief episode description on IMDB (laughs) that says, Buffy's mom introduces her new boyfriend who charms everyone except Buffy. When she confronts his dark side, she is left questioning her actions. Wow, that is so vague. Yeah, doesn't mention any robots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, he is one. (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious oh but my like, gosh no one believes it and uh i think like buffy like kills him <laughs> <laughs> but when she kills him when she thinks it's just her mom's boyfriend but it's like an accident she pushes him down the stairs um, oh geez it's uh, there's so, there's some uh what's the right so there's some interesting violence in buffy uh but then he like comes back to life because he's a a robot and then they discover that later it's it's yeah it's a whole thing. I feel like I feel like I sound crazy anytime I try to talk about an episode of Buffy.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's a lot to describe.
1: But it's not your fault. It's Joss Whedon's fault. Yeah. And he wrote that episode. He did. Oh wow. I believe it. He wrote the two
0: episodes that we watched for this. Oh, interesting. I wonder if he wrote a lot of them. I've, I I never really got into like the writers room and um directors and stuff with Buffy like I did with the X-Files. So like I don't even oh, okay. know who a lot of the like writers and like key people were to the storyline which is my bad as a fan. <laughs> I should <laughs> I should look into that more.
1: All right. Should we talk about the second episode?
0: Yes, please. So whereas you are a story arc person, I am a Monster of the Week person, and this is one of those perfect Monster of the Week episodes, in my opinion.
1: All right. So we are going to be talking about Hush, which is episode 10 from season four, and it aired December 14th, 1999. So, Ashley, I'm going to ask you to put a minute on the clock.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. I am ready.
1: Okay. Give me a countdown. All
0: right. Three... (laughs) Two, one, go.
1: Buffy falls asleep in her college lecture. I think it was about communication. And when she's sleeping, she has this dream about a song. And this little girl is holding a box. And she remembers the dream and tells Giles about it afterwards. And it was something about the gentleman and then taking seven of something. And so he goes and researches it and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, Willow goes to like a Wicca group, but they're all just about fake sales and stuff and not actually witchcraft. And she gets mad about that. And Giles, while he's researching, is entertaining a lady friend and also has Spike over there. And suddenly all of their voices go away one night and nobody can talk. And there's this whole big like they say that they're quarantined for laryngitis, but there's literally nobody can speak at all and they're trying to figure out what's going on and that's time. (laughs) I got really hung up on something. (laughs) I forgot what the point of the episode was at one point.
0: <laughs> you, you were you were just getting there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you're way better at the recap than I am, though. I feel like it well, might be easier to do a recap when you're like not familiar with the show because you're just like, "This is all I know about this episode." Whereas I'm yeah. like, "And then this
1: and this and the background on that and the story to this."
0: Like, oh geez, yeah. <laughs>
1: um So I was getting to the point where all, everybody's voices have gone. And, um, then there's these creepy guys who I just started calling, I know they're called the gentlemen, but I just called them floaters. Cause that was easier to <laughs> type. And that's literally what they do. They're like these silver skeleton guys who are literally just like floating down the street. It's so spooky, isn't it? Yeah. They're- this is a creepy episode. And Giles figures out that the way to kill them is for, does he write the princess? Like that was what was in a fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. He finds he finds this like fairy tale about the gentleman and the princess screams and that kills them. And they're like, but how do I scream? I don't have a voice. <laughs> yeah. And OK, there is more military stuff in this one. <laughs> 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 and this is something I really didn't get. So I really need you to fill in the gap on it. OK, so the T.A. of that class that she fell asleep in is Riley. And it looks like they're like kind of sort of starting to date maybe But Riley is pretending to be a TA and he's actually a soldier or something like that.
0: I never realized how much soldier stuff there was. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's so where um, Buffy and Willow go to college, they're on top of something called the Initiative, which is a secret government program that's in Sunnydale near the Hellmouth. Uh, because these soldiers fight demons and they like do tests on demons and vampires. And Riley is one of the soldiers and it's all very hush hush. It's a total secret. So Buffy doesn't know that Riley fights demons and vampires and he doesn't know that she's the slayer and that she fights demons and vampires. And so does he know about the slayer? No, not until I think she she says like, I'm the slayer. uh, I think on the next episode actually. And he's like, what's what is that she's like really (laughs) you haven't heard of me like they don't talk about me (laughs) she's like slayer comma the really yeah Uh, the chosen one it's so good yeah
1: (laughs) nice yeah so they at the very end of the episode are like fighting the floaters I called them minions who are like (laughs) he's like uh what is the name of the guy in Frankenstein who helps him
0: Ooh, I don't know.
1: Oh my gosh. Anyway, I just picture them as like the same thing. He's like all hunched over, or and like these guys are hunched over and like going down the street like gorillas or something like that.
0: <laughs> it's 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 like scary. I know they they do remind me of something, and I can't put my finger on it either. It's like from a show or a movie or. Um, yeah, it was really familiar. They like. Have their their faces? Um, they have like kind of like masks on, and they wave their arms in the craziest way. And they're wearing straight jackets. And yeah, straight they're jackets. just like chaos, and um, they're like the muscle for the gentleman. And yeah, it is so familiar, and I wish I could remember what it reminds me of.
1: Yeah, so the gentlemen—they're all wearing suits, as you would expect a gentleman to, I guess. <laughs> but they have the creepiest smiles the entire time like these silver wide smiles
0: so creepy
1: it was freaky I wrote in my notes oh my god these smiles are the worst
0: (laughs) did you watch this at night
1: yeah I watched it at like 10 (laughs) o'clock oh no
0: I would have been scared I think the first time I watched it I was really scared this is a scary episode yeah
1: (laughs) I get scared easily though (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did not like them at all. And I did read that one of the gentlemen is played by Doug Jones, who is in a ton of stuff when different movies need a character that's in like full crazy makeup. So he was in The Shape of Water as that fish guy. Oh, he was Billy in Hocus Pocus. Whoa. Yeah. So he's like always this guy who uh, is very emotive, I think, with his face, even though he has like full makeup and stuff. So
0: I can't imagine that's comfortable either. So he must be really like tolerant of like having the all that stuff on his face and contacts and his like mouth taped shut or, you know, whatever they do to Billy.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, we talked about this in our Hocus Pocus episode. There's the scene where they like cut open his mouth and moths fly out. Ugh. And he had actual moth- moths in his mouth for that scene. No, ew.
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrible.
1: Moths yeah. have that like powdery residue. Imagine that on your tongue. That's so gross. <laughs> I don't know if they were actually touching like the inside of his mouth or if they were in something, but like he opens his mouth and they, they were in there in some capacity. Oh, well, yeah, he's a trooper then. I, I, wow. Yeah. And in this episode, he had to have that freaky, wide, silver smile.
0: Yeah, that'd be an uncomfortable thing. I wonder if it was like actually in his mouth or if it was taped over his mouth, like would be uncomfortable for sure.
1: Well, a couple of the gentlemen, they had really, really wide ones that were like abnormally weird. And I feel like his looked mostly normal, but still not cool so what they're doing what the gentlemen are doing are trying to get seven hearts from people so like every night or something they're killing people and that's why they took the voices so they can't scream right but also oh go
0: ahead I just don't think it's ever explained why they need the hearts
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) just a thing they do I don't know well, the fairy tale that Giles references ends with them dying. So <laughs> it was a happily ever after.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the the prophecy or something. It's, it's not, I think that's the only time we really see Giles crack open a book on fairy tales. Uh, usually it's like some sacred <laughs> texts that, you know, about a demon or whatever, but this is like a fairy tale. What? Um, Well, he
1: does ask Buffy if it was a song that she remembers like from her childhood or something like that. And I think that's kind of what gets the idea in his head. Mm hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. But I do have to call out when they're talking about not talking (laughs) when they're trying to figure out how to beat the gentleman. Giles is using an overhead projector (laughs) to walk them through the plan. (laughs) Such a throwback. And at. First, he has the transparency upside down or backwards. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that that gave me some I don't know if happy memories is the right thing, but definitely some nostalgia for, you know, school back in the late 90s. Yeah, I bet.
0: I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw one of those projectors, but those were such a staple of like going to school in the 90s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And how they would get hot when you, like, wrote on one, when, like, the teacher would call you up to, like, fill in, like, a math problem or something. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) yep. (laughs) But he uses those transparencies to tell them that they're going to basically try to make it so that Buffy gets her voice back. But he does it through, like, a series of drawings. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he like drew out <laughs> what he was gonna say. He wrote the words, but he also drew <laughs> pictures, in case you didn't understand the words. <laughs> so that's like one of my
0: favorite scenes of Buffy is them in that uh like hall. What would you call that?
1: Um It was a little lecture hall.
0: Lecture hall. And yeah, yeah Giles is giving this presentation and they none of them can speak. And um the jokes that they make, like the 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 whole Buffy will patrol tonight like that stick figure that Giles draws like that becomes a huge thing in like the Buffy fandom like people have tattoos of that little drawing oh <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: with the dress yeah, with the dress and like Buffy's yeah. upset because she's like, yeah, you drew me so wide, I guess I don't know <laughs> and when she's. Wondering like how she'll kill, and she does like a stabbing motion, but she doesn't have a (laughs) stake in her hand, and so it looks like she's jacking, doing a jacking off motion. Yes, (laughs) and so then she pulls, she pulls a stake out of her bag, and is like, no, like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's the best. Like that's that's some good Buffy humor. It was kind of amazing. So the episode is forty-four minutes long and 27 of them are silent yeah so it is kind of amazing how much you get from like context and also body language and stuff to communicate what is actually going on in an hour-long show basically
0: yeah I can't think of many other episodes of tv where it's mostly silence or you're kind of like reading lips and and hand motions to try to figure out what's happening on screen yeah which is I think in some of the things I was reading about the impact of Buffy on TV was like some of the choices that Joss Whedon made and like some of the risks he kind of took like this episode really kind of changed TV for the good it was something like new and different that you hadn't really seen before
1: yeah it was definitely a unique episode something that i don't think i've seen like you said it's hard to think of a episode of tv that is similar and they used music a lot in place of the dialogue so mm-hmm. when something was really intense then the music would get a lot more intense and it did seem more like you were watching i don't know something kind of theatric in a way mhm yeah absolutely it is like a mini movie Do you remember like Peter and the Wolf, like watching something like that, like way, way, way back in the day? I know there's like the actual music that goes along with it, but there's never any dialogue in that story because the music is supposed to tell the story. And it seemed kind of like that for this.
0: Yeah. It's a a type of entertainment that we definitely don't see much anymore because everyone's on their phones now (laughs) when we're watching TV. So if you Have to give it like if you're reading subtitles or it's a silent episode like this where you have to pay attention, like uh, I feel like that's pretty rare these days.
1: Yeah. If I'm going to watch a show that has subtitles, I'm very deliberate about it. I have to be in like the right headspace and be like, okay, I'm not going to be distracted (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah totally it's like put your phone down like i <laughs> I am committed to the next 90 minutes and I'm going to yeah. experience this movie
1: <laughs> it's why I haven't finished uh the Queer Eye series where they go to Japan <laughs> oh nice
0: <laughs> 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 yeah I think that's why it took me so long to watch Parasite and it was fantastic so
1: it is good it is good I just don't think I can watch it again <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's fair <laughs>
1: <laughs> but This episode of Buffy, I do think that if you were to watch it again, you would probably catch more stuff that you didn't the first time, Mm -hmm. just in how much there is to see on the screen and hear through the music. So I think that's a cool thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, I feel like that happens. I've I've rewatched Buffy. Like, it's just one of those shows that I put on if I am not, you know, watching something new And so I don't even know how many times I've rewatched it and (laughs) I am always seeing new things or catching a joke I didn't quite like fully understand the first time or the third time because I wasn't paying attention then or who knows. Um, But yeah, that's one of my favorite things about rewatching shows like this is you catch all those little nuances you may have missed.
1: Yeah. And we did kind of talk about this a little bit before about how this is. We think maybe the first time we see Tara And she and Willow have a nice moment where they use their witch powers together to save themselves from the gentleman. They push a vending machine against a door.
0: (laughs) That's kind of like a hot moment. They like lock eyes and lock fingers and it's very powerful. (laughs) And you're like, what is this? This is brand new.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Witchy witches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was very cool. And I think... I can see why people like those two together, even from that, like, limited interaction. They Mm -hmm. seem like they're on the same page from the beginning, like how Willow didn't like those other people that were in the Wicca group because they just wanted to fundraise or whatever it was. (laughs) And she was like, come on, I'm a witch. I need to learn witchy things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she never
0: really has another witch in the series, other than Tara, um, besides Amy, but Amy spends most of the series as a rat. Um, so okay, that's a again. And then uh, Buffy is like you mentioned is a rat for an episode yeah. too. That that's
1: something they like to do
0: <laughs> on the show
1: when they don't have the actor for the day. Yeah, you're a rat. <laughs>
0: Sorry, it's time for you to be a rat. Yeah.
1: Anything else that you have for this episode?
0: Oh, uh, it's just it's a great episode like a classic Buffy monster of the week style like it's fun it's funny it is kind of scary like some of the good inside jokes come from this episode um and also like the pandemic stuff or it was not uh, not about (laughs) that oh my gosh (laughs) or it's like quarantine and it's kind of timely to us right now
1: yeah so when the news comes on they're obviously in like LA or something so they have their voice Because it only affected people within Sunnydale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the guy is like, apparently the entire town has been quarantined due to an epidemic of laryngitis. And they say that all businesses and schools are closed and residents are encouraged to stay home. No one in or out. And my notes just say, too soon. Didn't I say it was too soon?
0: (laughs) I know that was a surprise. Just I guess I haven't watched that episode in a while. I completely forgot about that tidbit. Uh, Definitely hits different in the COVID era. Uh,
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. It was not not cool. Well, it was (laughs) kind of cool in that it was like, oh, I can relate to this somewhat. But it was also like, I don't want to relate to this right now. (laughs) <laughs> right
0: so <laughs> surprise I'm tired of it yeah oh, gosh T- I mean that's really like the best word for it is like just tired of it this is just you know
1: <laughs> yeah I- I'm ready to see people and do normal things and I'm actually fine working from home that can continue but I'd like to have more of a social life
0: yeah I remember going out going to concerts hanging out with friends yeah. those were the days
1: <laughs> doing podcast meetups. Yeah. (laughs) Our, our little podcast Scooby gang.
0: I miss that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Well, should we rate? Yeah. Do you want to go first this time?
0: Sure. Um, I would give this episode a five out of five severed hearts because it is one of my favorites. I think it's one of the best. It's one that people always talk about when they talk about Buffy. It is unique in that it is mostly silent. Um, And yet it's funny. And again, it's like where we get Tara and you see that like things have changed with Spike and things are changing with Riley. And um, it's a it's a good episode. Highly recommend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I really liked this episode. I felt like this is one that I didn't need a lot of context for. Like there were definitely things where I didn't know who Xander's girlfriend was. And After doing some research, found out that she was a former demon. But (laughs) (laughs) um, it was still, I think, very standalone and a good one to kind of maybe introduce me more to the series and more of the quality parts of the series because it was so well done. Mm -hmm. And like you said, this is one that even I had heard about as a non Buffy fan. So when you mentioned it, I was like, Oh yes, definitely that one, because then I can know what all these people are talking about. So (laughs) (laughs) I am going to give this, you're going to be surprised. I'm going to give this four and a half zigzag parts out of five.
0: (laughs) I forgot to mention
1: that Tara has a zigzag part this whole episode. And that was my hairstyle, my definitely my senior year of high school. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Like you did it every day. Like that was your every look? day. Every I day. I love it. Oh, mine wasn't best. that big. Hers was very big triangles and mine were more like mediums, medium size. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you liked it so much. That's great. That makes me happy as like a, a Buffy yeah. fan who's maybe trying to convert you a little bit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was definitely freaky. Like you said, I probably shouldn't have watched it at night, <laughs> but I actually was way more freaked out watching the UFO episode of the new Unsolved Mysteries at night than I Mm. was this.
0: Ooh, yeah, that is a, that, well, the new Unsolved Mysteries, by the way, just so good. Uh, Yeah. Really well done. And it still has that, like, creepy 90s vibe in that episode in particular, because the rest are, like you know, unsolved murders. And then there's the UFO episode. I completely, yes. What I'm trying to say is yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was very fun to watch this and talk about it with somebody who loves the show. So (laughs) yay. Thank you
0: again for, for having me on. It was super fun.
1: Yeah, no, this was great. And it was fun to finally do a podcast together. So I love that. I know. Yes. Do you want to let people know where they can find you and your podcasts online?
0: Sure. Uh, So you can find washed away wherever you listen to podcasts and on social media at washed away pod. You can also go to washed away podcast.com and my old podcast. That's weird is still up. Uh, If you like Buffy, you'll probably like that's weird. It's fun and silly and supernatural and at that's weird cast on social. That's weird.org.
1: And I loved That's Weird. I listened to, I'm pretty sure, every episode of it, so. Oh, nice. I You were my driving entertainment a lot. <laughs> That's perfect. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, it talked a lot about cryptids and UFOs and weird things that happen, disappearances, lots yep. of good stuff in there. I think I will always remember the picture I saw of... The the alien that looks like a pair of pants. What was that one called? Oh, the Fresno Nightcrawler? Yes, the <laughs> Nightcrawler.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a weird, that's a weird one. Uh one of the best cryptids for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that one is one of my new favorites. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. And for us, for TFGIF, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TFGIF Podcast. Feel free to also send us an email at tfgifpodcast at gmail.com. Share what you remember loving about 90s TV as well. Maybe you also watch Buffy and have some thoughts on it. And if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes, that'd be a huge help towards gaining more exposure. And if you have an extra minute, it'd be awesome if you can drop us a review as well. It doesn't take that long and we'll read it on a future episode. Like this one that we have from Andy C, who is from the 90s Court Podcast. He says, one of my favorites. Drew and Katie are so much fun together. They both bring great energy and the subject matter, um, the greatest decade ever, is a welcome sight to my ears. That's right, I said sight. They are charming, funny, delightful, and do such amazing research into each show they bring. As a child of the 90s, I absolutely adore the show and would recommend it to anyone. In fact, I have. Thanks for the laughs. So thank you, Andy. And if you want your review read on the podcast, leave us one. <laughs> <laughs> we love reading them. And hopefully Drew listens to this episode so that he can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all. So thanks again, Ashley, for joining. And in a couple weeks, hopefully we'll have another episode with another guest. So until then, Bye.